I V M. new show it's called IVM Likes this is Indus Vox Media's very own personal podcast where we have our staff which is basically Amit the big boss myself the smaller boss and Jania who's an even smaller boss it's just just like all all three of us together and we recommend different things every week so basically three things that we recommend one is a film a book and a TV show so welcome to the studio Amit Jania and me hi hi hey So uh, today I'm recommending a film. We've got Amit who's recommending a book, and Shania is recommending a TV show of choice. So should I kickstart this? Go for it. Let's yeah, go. you yeah. start first. Me, me first. Yes. Okay, so I'm recommending this movie. It's um, it's sweet and happy and a little bit chick flicky, or maybe a lot chick flicky. I think it's called The Waitress. Carrie Russell plays the the lead character. It's directed by. Um, Adrian Shelley, who weirdly enough, this was the last film that she did before she died, and she died under very strange circumstances. I think she died before the movie released as well. Right? Yeah, so she done the movie. the The film was debuting at Sundance, and she literally died before she actually found out whether it was going to debut at Sundance or not. Okay. So she she died in a very weird way. So her husband found her hanging by a sheet in the in the in the shower or something on the shower rail, and okay. the police thought it was a suicide and let it go. But though she just had she had like a three year old kid or three month old kid I can't remember, and her husband kept trying to convince the police that it's impossible that she would have ever committed suicide because that's not the person that she was. And when they eventually investigated it, found out. That some construction worker who was working in the building had killed her. Some, oh wow! Um, okay. Yeah, um, an, an illegal immigrant from Ecuador. When so, was this? Two thousand seven. Yes, yeah. exactly. Apparently, uh, I read that he killed her because uh, she went to complain to him about the noise. Yeah, and he couldn't understand English, and he of course understood the word police. So he was afraid that she would call the police and he would oh. get deported. So he, so he threw, killed her. Yeah. He threw a hammer at he her. He threw a hammer at her. She, How does the police mistake throwing a hammer for a Because hanging? then he also made it look like a hammer. So what? He, somebody threw a hammer at them, right? But no, she no. didn't die because of the hammer. She okay. actually died because oh, he... Oh, the asphyxiation, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. She was so it was really weird. So anyway, terrible way that... Like, <laughs> so this was her last uh, acting role. She wrote the movie. She directed the movie. And it's... She wrote it while she was pregnant with her own baby. So The Waitress is basically about Carrie Russell's character. It's called Jenna. Okay. And she works in Joe's Pie Diamond. If you're hungry, this is not a good time for you right now because I'm going to be talking about pies for the next 10 minutes. But she works in this pie diner and her job is to make innovative pies with really unusual names. For example, she's in an abusive marriage. Her husband, Earl, it's by the way, in like <laughs> southern... America and it's really funny. It's played by Jeremy Sisto though, which yes. is kind of amazing. I love oh, really? it. Yes, yeah. It, yeah. Jeremy he's, Sisto yeah, plays he's a, like he's a Law and Order guy. Yeah. yeah, Law and Order guy. So uh, he plays Earl. So her husband Earl is really abusive. Okay. And so, for example, um, she has well an unwanted pregnancy, and that's what the sort of whole film uh, is around: the fact that she's pregnant and she's irritated. And so, I, I'll give you an example of some of her awesome pies because okay. I really like it. She has something called the Bad Baby Pie, okay, which has which is with quiche. It's a quiche with brie cheese and a smoked ham center. Okay. So good. She also has all kinds of other pies. Baby screaming its head off in the middle of the night and ruining my life pie, which is New York <laughs> cheesecake, brandy b- brushed and topped with 
uh, pecans and nutmeg, which sounds really nice. Or until so basically through the movie, she, she makes different different pies depending right. on her mood. And so every time she's in a strange mood, she makes a pie. And so um, the thing is, because she's in this abusive relationship, she doesn't want this pregnancy. She doesn't want to be with her husband. She wants to try to run away. So throughout the movie, she's trying to run away. And she's saving up money. And there's a pie contest where the grand prize is like 25 grand. But her husband doesn't let her go for it. Eventually, she has a, an appointment with a doctor, and the, the doctor changes her whole life. Dr. Palmer, played by Nathan Fillion. Oh, okay. None other. I love him. I love him. He looks like he could hug really well. Like, I'd want like Nathan Fillion <laughs> just to hug me. Not in, not what he looks like in that movie. What he looks like now on Castle. That'd be a good hug. Hey, he's a, big, he's a big guy. He's much bigger he's now on Castle. He's extremely huggable. He's extremely huggable on Castle <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, he's much bigger now. I love it. I love huggable guys. He's much, yeah, he's much bigger in Castle than he was in Firefly too. Firefly yeah, is Firefly in kind of flight. So good, what was Firefly? Oh, this oh, is Josh Whedon's show about Castle. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. Dude, no. It's like a legendary thing. How do you not know Firefly? Every time. I'll make this every time. <laughs> you should watch Five Lights. He makes really me seem like such a I have it right oh, like, with me right now on my pen drive. Really? I'm I carried it around. Take it, watch it. <laughs> it's the same response I got when I hadn't seen The Wire and then my brother's like, oh my God, you must watch The Wire and I did and my life changed. But this is pretty much similar to that. Yeah. In the same, it's in the same kind of I like how Castle is now like in the eighth season, I think, maybe seventh or eighth. Something and, like that, uh, yeah. She keeps on looking skinnier and hotter and uh-huh. he keeps on looking chubbier and chubbier through the seasons. <laughs> like he's really like a prosperous looking dude prosperous looking yeah. dude healthy is what they say in Kerala yeah. healthy he's looking healthy she doesn't look that happy she's just like constantly losing weight it's like they made her like she was like you have to look sexier every season and they're like oh you can just do what you want so then he's Nathan so Fillion right? yeah so he is Nathan, Nathan Fillion does what Nathan Fillion does, does. <laughs> I think the best thing he was in was this um I don't know what it's called. It was like this, you know, when the writer strike was going on many the years Doctor ago. Horrible yes. Oh my blog. god, he was so good. What is that? Oh, okay. You should watch it. It's so fun. It's like a musical. Okay. With Nathan Fillion, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, and uh, Neil Patrick Felicia Harris. Day. Oh my god, it was What's so it good. What's it called? Amazing. The Doctor. The Doctor Horrible, Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. So Neil Patrick Harris oh like is, is like a villain, like an evil villain. And he keeps failing in life. So he has like this blog where he's trying to like be the evil dude. And he keeps failing. Because Nathan Fillion is the hero who comes and saves the day every time. That it's sounds really, awesome. And it's a musical. Amazing. Great song, great lyrics. It, it's short. Oh I mean, like it's 10, 15 minutes long. Yeah. But it's amazing. Yeah. It's hilarious. That sounds really good. It really is. I really like Go, yeah. So Recommendation <laughs> flipped. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, it's good. I love interruptions. So, um, yeah. So uh, Nathan plays Dr. Palmer, And he enters the picture. And eventually she ends up having an affair with him. And her two friends, so Adrian Shelley, who is a writer and director, she also plays one of the smaller characters, her best friend, Dawn, who falls in love with this like really short guy called Ogie. Ogie is just like the, the, the wrongest name. And he does like flash poetry, makes like spontaneous okay. poems of her. It's really funny. I'd want a guy to make spontaneous poems. That would get old in like two days. After two days, you'd be like, shut up with your poem. You have Stop a great it. degree of tolerance. <laughs> oh, two days is too much? I oh. Okay. So. Dude, <laughs> anybody who comes up and starts spouting poetry to you deserves to get smacked. And his name is Ogie. Come on. <laughs> so basically, they gift um, these two friends of uh, Jenna's gift her uh, a baby journal, and so she starts to write uh, letters to her unborn child, and that's told in this sort of like voiceover throughout the, the the film. And eventually, it's really nice. I shouldn't give away the ending. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I'm not gonna give away the ending. Actually, yeah, that should be our policy. No spoilers. No spoilers. No major spoilers. You no gotta spoil spoilers. minor stuff, right? If you're gonna minor talk things. about something minor, I will stuff, warn yeah. you in advance. But it's really nice. It's a really well told film. It's it's done. 
it's I like the the, the whole like small town characters. It's very sweetly and Gary Russell is fantastic in in this and all of them are really great. And they're really funny because I mean being southern everything just moves at a very slow pace. It though. is a very slow yeah. movie. Yeah. And there there's something about it that I find really endearing. It's 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 quite serious. I mean, some of the things that they're what, what, that she's going through is so serious, but at the same time, it's so funny because the characters are really like tongue in cheek, and they're re- like Sarli Sarki, and and it's really nice, and it's no, very feel good, a total feel good movie. So that's a really so kind of interesting. Uh, this I, I was just I just saw the intern, and I felt similar about that. They're dealing with extremely serious stuff, yes. but it's taken in like kind of such a fun, but at the same Isn't time, Robert De Niro, Robert and De Niro, and and Hathaway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, like I, I I mean like I haven't seen this movie, but I felt like from your description that has a similar kind of feel it is really something super serious but they yeah. find a way to make it so endearing that's yeah. what I really like about it yeah. and also like feel good ending I love feel good endings the intern is more like um, deal with feelings and deal with the things that are happening whereas Vegas yeah. is more uh, she oh. just avoids all of it with food oh okay. exactly right. she, okay. and yeah. that's the the funny thing is that She's so funny by being completely deadpan. Like yeah, everyone is incredibly deadpan. But that's Kerry Russell in general. She's never like super happy. She's no. never that happy. She's never <laughs> that happy. And that's what she's yeah. never that happy. So the perfect for Americans. Yeah. Russian spy cold at heart. So good. <laughs> well, she's really good at that. That seems yeah. to be her thing. Yeah. yeah. I like it. But yeah, yeah, I would totally recommend anyone. If you want something to just I mean like I think you'd put it really well when I was talking to Sharanya about this. Uh it doesn't make you feel like extreme feelings. Like it's it's neither super happy nor super sad. It's just it's it's such an easy watch. I would totally recommend people watching this movie. Plus I really feel like having a pie. <laughs> like I, lo- I like pie. I want to be in Joe's Pie Diner. We don't get great pies. We don't get great pies in Bombay. No, we, we do don't. Not. We don't even get okay pie in Bombay. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. Pie. I think the most basic but is just the it. apple pie, and that's all we yeah, make. Yeah, but even that's Can not I ask so you a question? good, right? I mean, like the crust um, ain't that great. It's, yeah, I mean, like you know. I, I want to ask Ahmed the question. They yeah. call everything pie. Everything that's true. is What's a pie. pie? Like so she makes a cheesecake. She makes a cheesecake. So in the south, in some places they do consider anything like in a crust in a crust to be a pie but that's not the case I think it has a pastry base it just is a pie I just thought like a quiche yeah, is no, a pie I think, technically I think that, yeah, I think yes. like a quiche is a pie as well she, she makes a, the, the, the bad baby quiche pie yeah. is mm-hmm. a quiche there's another one that's yeah. also she makes a I hate my husband pie and it's bittersweet chocolate that you don't sweeten and you make it into a pudding and drown it in caramel that sounds really good. Yeah, I, know. I think that does kind of There's another good. one that I can't have no affair because it's wrong and I don't want Earl to kill me pie. <laughs> Great accent, man. I know. <laughs> Vanilla custard with banana, but hold a banana. That's, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> it. It's really funny. Like I said, yeah. this is how funny it is. It's right. really nice. Another one. Earl murders me because I'm having an affair pie. Smash blackberries and raspberries into a chocolate crust. Okay. Again, yeah. really awesome Looks like pies. blood. Violent desserts are the best. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, my recommendation is The Waitress to cool. watch for IVM Likes. So, Amit, oh. what about you? What's your book? Uh, so, I'm actually not going to go just with a book. I'm going to go with the full series of mm. books. Uh, so, one of the books that I've always really, really enjoyed, or, well, always in the sense, maybe for the last 10 years, or not a little, yeah, about 10 years ago, I first read uh, the Wheel of Time series and mm-hmm. uh, before that I was like really anti-fantasy I hated fan- I used to I was a science fiction guy I mean like I only like science fiction and yeah. mysteries right? I mean like I would not touch any kind of fantasy this but uh 
And the, there was reasoning behind it, right? I mean, I read Lord of the Rings and I found Lord of the Rings to be one of the most tedious things I've ever read in my life. I mean, like, it is just <laughs> tedious but rewarding at the end. Right? Yeah, exactly. It is tedious, but I still it teaches you patience. Yeah, it, it teaches you patience. Teach you patience. patience. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, sure. really? I mean, by two towers, it was just exhausting. But like yeah. every day, I must read two pages. But isn't that <laughs> something? Is, is, shouldn't a book not be so tough? I think sometimes you have to work hard to get something at the end that's good enough. But mm-hmm. is Lord of the Rings something that? See, see. <laughs> so here's the thing with this also, right? I mean, like Lord of the Rings when it came out, when it came at the time it came out, and this is true of fantasy generally, and this is actually true of the book that I'm going to talk about a little too, that everything comes at a certain point in time, right? So when Lord of the Rings came out, it was the most novel kind of thing that you had ever seen you'd never seen anything like that right mm. but now but like you know when i came to it like in the i, I think i first picked it up in like the early 90s and at that point in time the lord of the rings books were they were just like you know they had been copied so much so often in so many different mm. ways that everything that i was reading even though it was the originator and it was the you know the font from which everything came right. it still felt derivative Fair and that's enough. not fair, but you know that's the reality of the time that I read it in, and uh, and it basically turned me off fantasy, right? Oh. I mean, like this idea that wow, being, Lord you know, of the Rings turned you off because fantasy. I mean, like it's just you know, I mean, like you read the book that's supposed to be the classic, and you don't like it, and you're yeah. just like, uh, what's the point? Uh, so yeah, so the Wheel of Time that was the thing that got me back into fantasy, right? So I mean, like uh, the book was written by Robert Jordan. Uh, he started writing the book in '84. It was first published in 1990. The first book was called The Eye of the World. That's the entry point of if you will, for this. Uh, it's a 14-book-long series. Robert Jordan died in 2007 Whoa. Uh, oh after God. finishing 11 of the books and oh one prequel God. book. And the book was then finally finished by an author named Brandon Sanderson, mm-hmm. who is considered to be one of the current masters in fantasy. Nice. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, it's just it's such a deep, kind of intricate, well-written, well-rounded world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just, you know, a couple of things to kind of think about over here, right? So, they... For as a book, it is one of the eight or nine best-selling series books of all time. I mean, like the things ahead of it are like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and those kinds of things. Uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, They sold over eighty million copies of the book in uh, since it uh, since it came out, uh, or eighty million copies of the series. Uh, It has. 30 minor characters and 42 major characters. And by major and minor characters, I mean characters which have enough going for them that there were full Wikipedia pages for them before they all got merged into a kind of major this, right? Wow. So it's just one, like, incredibly deep tapestry. Uh, so the way the story goes, uh, starts out is um, it starts out like Lord of the Rings, uh, Ling, Lord of the Rings Light. <laughs> Uh, where uh, it's like in a village, like in a rural village, where they're having their harvest festival or something like that, and then some. Uh, then and from there, it starts with uh, uh, it starts in a village called Emmons Field, where there are five major characters from that village: three mm-hmm. guys and two girls. So they leave the village because what they realize is um, somebody is coming to kill them. And by, when, by by trying to come and kill them, they're going to be killing the people in the village as well. And it's not just somebody. It's like dark forces and like, you know, monsters yeah. and, and stuff like that. And so these like are human people. Yeah, these five okay. are human, right? Okay. I mean, like these five are human. So the three guys basically are all three of them are born within a month of each other. And so there's a... A uh, woman sorcerer, uh, what is called an Aes Sedai in the hmm. book, who comes to the village because she is looking for the person who is born in that particular month. There's, it's a chosen one story, Got right? It. So one of the three oh. is the chosen one. Yeah. And that person was born in a particular month. And she's been searching for this guy for 20 years. And she finally comes and finds him when he's a 20-year-old kid. Uh, she's been searching for him since she was born. And... Uh, 
Uh, the night that she comes, they are attacked by all these monsters. So they realize that they need to leave. Otherwise, these monsters are going to kill the rest of their village. And from there, they leave the village and they start getting out into the wider world. And uh, it's a incredibly deep world, right? I mean, like there are 15 countries, all with distinct cultures, all with distinct ways of living and different mm-hmm. kinds of clothing and stuff like that. All have different characteristics. There, are, And it's uh, so, I mean, like, you know, just because, uh, it's one of the most in-depth kind of uh, world building exercises I've mm-hmm. ever seen and uh, what's really interesting about it is the way Robert Jordan kind of approached this right I mean like what he thought of for the story is we have a chosen one and what happens when somebody becomes the chosen one and everybody acknowledges that they're the chosen one right even after that it's not like I say I'm the chosen one then I say all right let's go do this and everybody says let's go do that (laughs) that's not how that works right it's like you become the chosen one and then after that everybody wants to fight with you about every single thing that you think that you need to do Mm. Uh, and so what's interesting is though even though it's kind of constructed in this black and white kind of way where the chosen one from the village who Hmm. we get is the white hero he's like you know he's called the dragon reborn he's like reincarnated multiple times and is now the latest incarnation of this Uh, and then there is a dark one who is called uh, shaitan which is basically the devil right so I mean like you have black and white but the black and white part of the story is really the least interesting part of it it's about all the other aspects of uh, how he has to struggle to kind of get people to be ready to get into this last war like the last war is basically 150 pages in the 14th book oh, okay you know the rest of the 14th books it's is all getting about to getting to that place Whoa. so is each book like a different country that they're in uh, it's not really divided like that. Okay. It, 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 mm-hmm. So the, it's basically, so these are quest stories, right? So right. Uh, uh, what happens is they start out the first story. There are these five people who start on the quest. As they go on, they meet more and more characters. There are 42 major characters, right? So I mean like, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, some of the characters join up with them. Some of the characters are antagonistic with them. And so, and then they all split up, right? So so they have this concept of Taveran, which is basically lucky. So basically, uh, So what happens is, the Wheel of Time is a complex tapestry, and that tapestry basically keeps rotating itself, but that tapestry is like, it's it's kind of literal, a tapestry. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, they, they literalize the fact that it's a tapestry, so okay. what happens is that these, tave- uh, so each person's a thread. And now what a taveran does is that they kind of affect all of the threads around them, so that the Wheel of Time functions in a particular okay. way, so that, you know, what's supposed to happen, happens. Mm-hmm. So even though there is, there, so it's really interesting, like, there are concepts of free will and destiny, and they're all mint- inter- intermingled. Mm-hmm. Prophecy is a part of it, but prophecy never means what you think it means. It always means, like, something which is like a hundred steps away from it so it's like this right it's it's this weird kind of um, uh, strange amalgamation of uh, you know uh, free will and determinism and so that's another interesting part of it there's just so many interesting parts of this book what I really like about it more than anything else is it's such a complicated kind of tapestry in terms of like you know creating a society and like putting together all of these kind of conflicts one against the other right Really so you went from like you didn't want to read fantasy anymore and then you read like a 14 part series and it basically that's turned this into my thing now now that's what I do I read <laughs> fantasy like all the way like if you were to ask me what I've read over the last 10 years it'll probably be 60% fantasy now. how long did it take you to read 14 books uh, probably so each book is like close to 900 pages I would imagine uh, so. so I'm gonna guess probably about 6 months and you read the entire series. Yeah, I've, I've read the enti- so I read the entire series and then I listened to the entire series on audiobook. Whoa! I've done it twice. <laughs> twice? <laughs> Does it have oh, like you're a real fan? Like uh, I'm assuming because it's so vast and 
Like there's so many elements. It has readability value that you can go back and read oh it God, and discover know, new if things. You, if I were to pick it up a third time, I'm sure that I would find so much more That's because amazing. it's it's so dense. It's so incredibly dense. You know, and so it's kind of. Is it like a thing where uh, the books that were written by the new author were like not as good, or like was it? No, uh, was so the community up in arms against it? So, so one particular Cause, character. Yeah, because that's what happens. Fantasy community is really vocal about are, their dislikes. So, so here's the thing: the pro- uh, what happened is that uh, it's a long series, right? When you're writing a long series, you're bound to have a few books which don't work so well, and so Robert Jordan wrote from book one through eleven. Hmm. Now, typically, most people think that books. 8, 9, and 10 are kind of problematic. Okay. Okay, out of which 9 has some amazing stuff in it, 8 has some amazing stuff in it, 10 is a, I mean, like, as big a fan of the hmm. book as, books as I am, that book sucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, it's a And that's the last one he wrote before uh, No, he wrote 11. Oh, okay. Which is, in my opinion, the best book of the series. Okay. Uh, but what happened is, what, what you needed 10 Because what happened? What happened in ten is that it set up eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Because you needed all of these characters to get to a certain point Correct. to jump off on the climax. Yeah. So what happened in book ten is you had a bunch of people just kind of regurgitating what had already right. happened from different points of views, so that they can all come to the same point. What happened with the newer books is uh, a lot of the stuff was much faster paced, and so people really loved them. But I feel like the the richness that Robert Jordan had was not there so much in Brandon Sanderson stuff, but at the same time. He did a really good job on getting the story across the finish okay. line. Wow! Would, you, would you have been okay if they didn't finish it? I'd have been annoyed a little bit, but I'd have been—I mean, like, hey, people die. But you'd never get closure. Yeah, but I mean, like, listen, your whole life that would be in, so, that would drive me crazy. So the way I see it is now, there's a lot of stuff to read. There's a lot of stuff to watch. I, you, you know, I mean, like, have you ever read the iconic Neil Gaiman essay? Yeah. George R. R. Martin's not your bitch. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I mean, like you know, that's how I kind of look at this stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's true. Yeah, I kind of look yeah. at this stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff to read in the world. I mean, that one's actually yeah. getting really uh, a little creepy because people just constantly tell him, "Hey, you might die soon. Just write yeah, it." Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> they don't need to be reminded. Robert Jordan got the same stuff. Yeah. He used to get the same things. Oh, okay. Because yeah. again, these guys, these guys are. They're getting up there, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, and I think it comes yeah. with the territory of writing a long series You're that people are like, invested yeah. in over years. Yeah, no, yeah. and uh, also, I mean, like you know, they both uh, they they had long careers before they started writing. Oh, both okay. GR, uh, both George Martin and Robert Jordan. Well. Uh, not just writing books. Yeah. Like, uh, George Martin was a TV writer for the longest time, right before he started writing his hmm. books. He started writing books in like the 90s, and he was like 50, I think, at the time when he started. Yeah. So he he was already. Fairly up there. Same with Robert Jordan. He had already had like a long career in the military. He was a Vietnam vet. Uh, he'd written a bunch of stuff. He'd, he'd written a couple of the uh, Conan books that oh, okay. came out as well. Mm. Uh, so you know, I mean, like they've both had long careers before. Uh, like there's another guy right now who's writing a. So uh, I have a little bit of a shorthand. Uh, in ter- so in terms of fantasy, there's like you know there's a there's a absolute class, right? So there's Jordan, Martin. Uh, Jim Butcher, Pat hmm. Rothfuss, hmm. Uh, Brandon Sanderson, and Stephen Erickson. Okay. Right. So I mean, like these guys are like at the absolute top of the this. So uh, George Martin's uh, series is still pending. Pat Rothfuss's series is still pending. He's written two out of the three books, but uh, he's a young guy, so nobody's yeah. too worried about yeah. him. <laughs> people are still pissed at him. You, that's you, fine. You, you, you know, I mean, like I keep oh, saying, kind of scary, man, for people yeah. to just put yeah. that kind of pressure on. Yeah, no, I mean, to write. I know. So Pat Rothfuss has been doing a lot of podcasting. Uh, speaking of which, podcast recommendation is podcasts are pretty good. Mm. Uh, we were talking about podcasts. Talking about yeah, podcasts, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, he's been doing a lot of podcasting, so he's getting a lot of comments like, "Stop podcasting and playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and finish your damn book." Oh, yeah. Ouchness. Yeah. So. Uh, If you're gonna write a series, you gotta start young. 
sketch which i cannot remember right now but it's basically a parody of uh, this is final tap so <laughs> they did that and then they decided that this is a great format to try out and then that's how documentary now came about basically every episode is a different episode and they pick a in documentary like a popular documentary and they parody it um and it's usually stars fred armisen and bill hader and it's usually written by seth myers or john mulaney and it's produced by lon michaels okay. so it's basically like an snl offshoot right 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 and each episode is like um it they take it really seriously that's what's really funny about it is that helen mirren opens every episode and she talks about the documentary you're going to watch now yes. and talk about how this documentary is going to change you know cinema and your life and then it's just completely <laughs> stupid but they are so they really stick to the technique so i'll tell you um Uh, in season two, this is now season two, by the way. Uh, they did um, a parody of Jiro Dreams of Sushi, the food show, the food oh, documentary, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. and they do it in the exact, like, very, very similar way. It is so well shot that and well done. So kind of ripe for mocking, it's not exactly, even funny. Exactly, exactly. Oh so like, uh, Fred Armisen is the son, uh, who you know is just not as good as his dad, which is like a three star, three Michelin star restaurant. And they, it's called uh, Joan likes rice and chicken. <laughs> The restaurant only has you get you get served a cup of coffee, a banana that's sliced perfectly in the middle, um, chicken and rice. <laughs> and there's like he basically the dad has like these ridiculous rules where you know the banana has to be sliced perfectly in the middle. If it's not, he throws away all of them. <laughs> the butter that needs to be made to put on the rice needs to um, come from like the cow into the fridge in like thirty minutes. Otherwise, there's no uh, it's not gonna happen. But the best is that the chicken. There's like very strict rules about the chicken. um the chicken needs to like he goes every morning to the farm or whatever picks out a chicken then they put it in a tent and the father goes in himself and he gives him one minute to catch the chicken if he doesn't he believes that destiny you know it that the, it was the chicken's day to live so you could okay. get to the restaurant and there would be no chicken no chicken <laughs> and like oh my god there's some really funny scenes where like american that. tourists are trying to like and it's <coughs> apparently in like this tiny jungle you have to like go under a water fountain and like you know climb under like climb a hill and to get there and then there's no chicken uh, which is it's really well done and i think the good thing about it is that the writing is never it's not so over the top that it's that it's like haha funny right. it's just a really specific characteristics of the documentary they're mocking and it's very very good i like, very well written i got to be honest like john like fries and chicken made me cry <laughs> and it was so funny but it was genuinely like i was moved by it guys it was amazing uh but last season um on season 2 they did like this two part series where they 
um it is kind of like a documentary of about this music group that broke up okay. it's called blue jean committee um <laughs> and it's this band uh, that with like bill hader and set and fred armisen and uh, you know they're from california and they write like this great hit called catalina breeze and it's shot like exactly like a documentary with like talking heads from Cameron Crowe and Hall and Oates like real guys who Whoa. do like these bits where they're like oh that band changed my life when I heard Kathleen Abreez for the first time I knew I was in California <laughs> uh, and it's so well done and then they released an album of course with all of, of Blue Jean Committee's songs because Fred Armisen has so much time on his hands somehow uh, it's a whole mm. album of, of like parody songs about Aye. this fictitious band um, and I think the next episode they're doing is the Talking Heads parody which is the the movie that was made on the band Talking right, Heads right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. and again the whole album is out because it's a, they've made a parody and they've got all the songs there's like seven songs in that album it's just a parody yeah, it's like uh, but basically I, I mean I wouldn't say that all the episodes are amazing because some episodes if you haven't seen the documentary it, it, doesn't, it click. doesn't click yeah. and they do one really funny one uh, with Jack Black called Drones with a Z okay it's a Vice <laughs> parody Nice. Uh, where these two oh, journalists go to like nice. file, find like this drug mafia uh, again, called so El Chino. Yeah, yeah, It's called drones, and all the journalists just keep dying. <laughs> you know, it's so good. Um, and the thing is that this it's such a niche comedy, but you still get it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like there's one episode which is so niche. Um, I can't remember what it's called right now, but basically, um, oh, it's called Kanak. So there was this apparently many years ago there was this movie where this filmmaker went to find an Eskimo and it was like first documented. Oh yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, I can't yes. remember what it's called, the original. So then they made a documentary like many years later about this documentarian and how he oh. went and documented the first Eskimo, <laughs> right? Okay. So this one is the same and uh, they have um, Madman's John Slattery playing the filmmaker. Okay. And he goes to like he goes to try and find an Eskimo and it's Fred Armisen is like this kind of slightly slow. Eskimo who's like you know totally doesn't understand what a camera is and then once he starts to understand what's happening and he sees himself in the camera he becomes like this power hungry Eskimo director who like fires everybody on set <laughs> it's so funny uh, it's genuinely it's like it's a parody of a documentary about a documentary it's really niche that but that's the comedy insane. they're going for yeah. no but that um, stuff works right like, I think that, that yeah. could, when you well, comedy works best when it's really specific right yeah it's very specific yeah. and it's it's never it's like too the great over the in top. joke, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, like so yes, documentary now, documentary. please watch it. Documentary now. So our recommendation good. for IVM likes, I recommend The Waitress as a film. Right. Amit recommends The Wheel of Time, all fourteen books. All fourteen books <laughs> in the series. Pages. <laughs> So right, yay, that was IVM Likes. That was IVM Likes. Yay. So um, if you want to get in touch with us at all or uh, recommend something yes, to us, we love we love recommendations, all about the good stuff. Yeah. So very simple. You can find us uh, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at IVM Podcasts. Podcasts.